put those hands together. Grab your Bibles while you're standing. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles while you're standing. Grab your Bibles while you're standing. And go with me to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. To all of you watching online, welcome to the Hopewell Experience. Hope at home. Hopewell everywhere. Those in person, help me praise God for those. I hope at home. Um, viewers that's watching virtually, help me praise God for them. Uh-oh, there was two people. I said, those in person, help me praise God for those that are watching online. We're so glad that you've tuned in. If you have not shared already, make sure you go and share this so that someone else can be a part of the Hopewell experience. To so all of you guys, people, what an amazing Sunday it is to be in the land of the living and to be in the house of the Lord. That's a double blessing. Amen. To be in the land of the living and to be in the house of the Lord. Psalm 61. Psalm 61. I wish I was a singing preacher. I haven't gotten, I can't do it yet. I got to practice with Greta first. Amen. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Amen. If I was a singing preacher, that old hymn, I know, I know, I know. We don't sing a lot of hymns and stuff in church now, but I grew up at Maranatha Bible Baptist Church, All 6740 right, West North Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 660939, where the pastor and founder was the late elder, Presley White Jr. His, children, his nieces and nephews called him Uncle Precious. And he was singing this hymn as we were getting ready to leave church. He was singing the hymn praise him from the rising of the sun to the glowing down of the same. He's worthy to be praised. Can we just sing a snippet of that? Well, can they sing just a snippet of that? Amen. And let's sing it together. Oh, we gotta praise him. We gotta praise him. We gotta praise him. Those online, come on in and join us when and sing it. I know you know it. I know you know it. Come on, Sister Cherie, help us do it. Verses 1 and 2, Psalm 61. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, he's worthy. And Pastor White would step back and he'll add a little verse to the, he'll add a verse to it. He said, glory in all things. Yes. Give him glory. <laughs> Psalm 61, verses 1 and 2. 
And it reads, it says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. And I like this part. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Precious God, your presence is already here. And we thank you, Father God, for your word and the power of your word. I ask, oh God, that you will show yourself strong, that you will preach, that you will preach, and that you will teach us, oh God. And that we will already made up in our minds that we're going to do whatever it is your word is calling us to do. In the precious and strong name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said, Amen, amen, and amen. Come on and put those hands together again. Oh, we can do better than that. I said, put those hands together again. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today we start a new series entitled Feelings. Everybody say feelings. It is so important that we realize, saints of God, that every part of who we are matters to God. God, Brother Moses, is not just concerned about our souls. Elder Corey, he's concerned about every intricate detail of our lives. There is nowhere, there is nowhere, there is no, there's no area in our lives that God, Brother Algie, does not have concern about. He's concerned about our minds, what we think. He's concerned about our mouths, what we speak. He's concerned about our ears, what we hear. He's concerned about every avenue, every intricate detail about our lives. And this is one area when it comes to feelings that sometimes we hide away from God or we find loopholes to go around God or we feel as if, Erica, God is not concerned about certain areas of our lives. But let me tell you this, saints of God, our feelings and how we feel are not exempt from God. They're not overlooked by God. They're not ignored by God. I believe that when it comes to our feelings that God wants us through his word to be able to have a healthy balance when it comes to our feelings. Our feelings should not just drive or dictate our lives. No, 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 no. That they're there. They're there. They should not be ignored, but there are something that we ought to bring to God and asking God to help us how to be able to balance everything out. I like this Psalms. One thing that I love about David, I know, I know folks get caught up that he was sleeping with somebody that wasn't his wife. Uh, we get caught up about the fact that, Mo, that, that, that David was a murderer. We, 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 we get caught up in the fact that David was a liar. But what I love about it, and in fact, which is true with all of our testimonies, if we be honest this morning, that he was yet still a man after God's own heart. David knew, I love it, I love it. He knew that when I mess up, I got somewhere that I can be able to run to and not just somewhere to be able to run to. David realized, Deacon Brian, I got somebody to be able to run to when I mess up. There was no area in his life that he tried to keep from God. He wrote in Psalms 139, I believe, he said, Father God, he said, search my heart. 
And if there's anything there that offends you, please show me. <laughs> he said, please show me. Please reveal it to me because I don't want to hide anything from you. I don't want anything to cause a wedge, uh, 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 cause a wedge between us and, and our walk and in our relationship. He said, reveal it because why? David did not just want to be revealed. He wanted to be able to acknowledge it so that he could be able to confess and repent from that sin. David a lot of times found himself when his back was up against the wall. You all know the story. When he was fooling with Saul and Saul, all he was trying to do was be a good servant to Saul. All he was trying to do was serve the man of God. But jealousy rose up in Saul's heart, and he tried every, every moment that he had to be able to take his life. The Bible even records to say that one time Saul was in a cave, and David came up behind him, and, 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 and he, he took a snippet of his cloth, of his robe, and cut it almost to let him know, I could have gotten you if I wanted to. I mean, I, I really could have because why? Every time an evil spirit came upon Saul, the Bible says that he will call for David and David will begin to play and he will play so powerfully that the evil spirit will leave. And right after that, Saul would try to come up on him again and try to take his life. He said, he cut that cloth. He said, I could have gotten you if I wanted to. He said, but he remember the word of God said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. He wanted to make sure that despite of him trying to get revenge, oh God, here we go. Instead of him trying to get revenge, David, David realized that God is the best revenge giver. God can be able to rectify and correct people and situations better than we ever can. I know you got some good tea. I know you got some good receipts that you can be able to display and really put some folks out there, but you just hold your peace and you watch how God will fight your battle for you. This is the same David. Here, theologians don't know exactly what the storm was that was in David's life right now. One commentator even said that it's best that we don't know because if we knew what the storm was, what caused David's heart to be overwhelmed, we would just limit God to that particular situation and not realize that whatever it is that may be overwhelming our hearts, whatever it is that may be troubling us, that God is concerned. That is good news in the midst of a global pandemic, that God is concerned about us, that what Whatever it is that's overwhelming us, whatever it is that's frustrating us, whatever it is that's irritating us, that God is concerned about it. David starts it off. He says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. I love it because David is genuine for it and he's sincere in his supplication to the Lord. He says, he says, okay, God, I, I need you. I need you, I need you, I need you. There may be many prayers that I have up before you, but I need you to hear this prayer. And I need you to attend to this prayer. I need, I'm inviting you in. Prayer is simply when we give God permission to be able to invade our affairs. David is saying, God, I need you. There may be a lot of requests out there, a lot of prayers out there, but I need you to show up and to. I'm, and I'm giving you a personal invite to attend to this specific prayer and need that I have in my life. He says, from the end of the earth will I cry to you love it because David is not talking about a geographical location he's using this metaphor to paint a picture of how distant he feels from God 
Have you ever been in a place where you were just so tapped out that you felt far from God? That you had so much. Listen, and the issues that may have been going on may not have been physically, but it could have been mentally and emotionally that you just felt so distant from God. And you're asking yourself the question, God, where are you? There are plenty of psalms where David starts off, and I love it, I love, I love, I love the timing of it. There are many psalms where David started off at the beginning depressed, upset, angry, where he was questioning God and asking God, God, where are you? My, my, my enemies are triumphing over me. My enemies are coming up against you. Where are you, God? Sometimes David would even go and remind God of his status and under his position with God. And he was asking, God, I've been doing all this for you. Where are you at? Where are you? David was secure enough in his relationship. Let me help us out here real quick. I know that we may have been taught, and let, let me help us unteach us this morning, that we may have been taught some things in life that, hey, that we just accept what God allows absolutely. Why? Because he's sovereign. But at the same time, as I'm dealing with God's sovereignty, Dr. Lane, I'm also having to balance my humanity. And while I'm balancing my inhumanity, God is big enough and God is God enough to be able to hear my request. God is God enough and big enough that he's able, Alex, to handle my questions. He says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Metaphorically, David says, I feel so distant from you. Emotionally, I'm tapped out. Physically, I'm tapped out. Mentally, I'm exhausted. Why, God, does trouble keep finding my address? It seems like once I get over one hurdle, there's two more that's coming. God, I know I'm strong. I know I can do all things you, through you that gives me strength. But God, can I have a break for a moment and just kind of catch my breath a second? Can I get some water at least? You bought the man of God some bread and water when he was famished. Can I get a piece of bread just to give me some, a, a little bit of endurance to continue to go on? He says, where are you, God? He says, even though I feel far away from you, I love it, I love it, I love it. He says, I will cry to you. I will talk to you. I will pray to you. I will seek you. I love it right there because no matter what David is facing, he makes up in his mind that I'm not going to stop talking to God. I'm not going to stop communicating with God. I'm not going to stop praying to God. And here it is, thanks to God, you and I have to grow to a place, you and I have to grow to a place that no matter what storms of trouble that comes our way, that we make up in our minds, I am not going to stop crying out to God because here's the 
thing. Your friends and family members might get tired of you coming to them and praying about the same thing. God is such a good father that he never gets tired of hearing your request. He never grows faint at hearing you cry out to him. Oh my gosh, it makes him big. It makes him huge when he realizes that my children understand and acknowledge the fact that they still need me in their life. I don't care how big Carrie and Kenny get. I don't care how much they achieve in life. There will always be a void in their life where they're going to need their daddy. There's always going to be a place in their life where they're going to need me to be able to show up in their life. And the likewise, the same thing is the same way when it comes to us as children of God. There will always be a God void in our lives where we will need God to show up on our behalf. So that means that you and I cannot stop crying out to God. Wraps up that prayer. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to pray to you. And then look at verse 2. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Here it is. Let's, 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 let's go ahead. Let's be biblical and let's be, let, let's, let, let, let's be rational and, and, and logical at the same time. Here it is. Sometimes we're overwhelmed due to life and also Sometimes because of lack of boundaries. Oh, God, preacher, stick to the text. I'm still in the text. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because life is just life and stuff just happens. Keep on living, Shamara. Keep on living. Life is just going to be life and stuff is going to happen. But sometimes we're overwhelmed because there are boundaries that we lack in our own lives. Sometimes we now in society, we have taken joy and we've taken delight in being busy. It's like a badge of honor. It's like a, it, it, it's like a badge of significance that you can brag and talk about how busy you are. And when someone asks you what you're busy doing, you can never really give them a solid answer because sometimes we say that we're busy, but we're really busy doing absolutely nothing. We're just doing stuff, just mellowing stuff, and not really dealing with the real things that we need to deal with in our lives. We're, we say that we're busy. We say that we're busy because it's like a badge of honor, and we carry that around when the, the essence of the matter is sometimes we're overwhelmed not because of life, not because of Satan, simply because we don't know how to say no. We don't know how to create boundaries so that we can be able to keep the main thing the main thing. There should not be significant areas in our lives that have gaps, that have no attention because we put our attention towards other things that we made the main thing while neglecting what should be the main thing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your job is, what your career is. Your career should never become before your family. Your career should never come before your marriage because the marriage is the primary relationship. I like when Pastor Phil Nordstrom, was he, when he was here a few years ago, he taught us that in the marriage seminar that the marriage is the primary relationship. Why is that? Because soon the kids are going to go far, 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 far away and come back and visit every now and then and then go back and go far, far, far away and then come back and visit 
it again and maybe bring the grandkids this time, but then they're going to go back and go far, far, far away. And if you, don't, if you don't invest into your marriage, when your kids go far, far, far away, then you and your spouse will go far, far, far away as well because you've never taken the time to invest in your marriage to still like each other because here it is. The goal is not just to be married for multiple years. The goal is to be happily married after all those years that you look at the other and say, man, after 50, 60 years, you still fine. You still look good. You still make me all hot and sweaty. That has to be the end goal. Okay, we don't want to talk in here today. Okay, okay. And we wonder why divorce rates are not high in the world but in the church because we don't talk about marriage in a healthy way. We're overwhelmed sometimes due to life, the lack of boundaries, and not being able to simply say no. Every request that's being made does not have to be a yes from you. Everybody else's emergency does not have to be your urgency. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because of life, just being life. But other times we're overwhelmed because we lack boundaries. Let me hurry up because I'm boring you already. David shares some wisdom here with us and how we are to be able to deal with being overwhelmed. Here it is. I like what David does. Here's the first thing right here that we have to acknowledge how we feel. Man, 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 man. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why we have been taught in church that whenever something happens, we praise our way through. We shout our way through. We dance our way through. Please don't hear what I'm saying. I'm being balanced with what I'm saying. I would dance with the best of them. I would shout with the best of them. But after the shout, you will still have those feelings there that you need to deal with. After the praise, you will still have those feelings there. And if you don't deal with those feelings, those feelings are going to deal with you. Sometimes, thank you, Holy Ghost, sometimes the reason why we have relationship issues because we fail to deal with the man in the mirror. Because we have unsettled things that's going on on the inside of us that we fail to deal with. And because we fail to deal with those, it interferes with how we interact with people. Oh. <laughs> you can't get along with nobody else if you can't get along with yourself. <laughs> you won't be able to be friends with anybody else if you're not a friend to yourself. You won't be able to deal with nobody else if you do not deal with the things that's going on in your life. And acknowledging your feelings does not mean you don't trust God. And acknowledging your feelings does not mean that you don't believe in God. doesn't mean that you aren't a believer. It means that I trust God enough and I'm dependable on God enough to be able to invite him into how I'm feeling and to ask myself some questions. And acknowledging, why am I feeling this way? What are the triggers that lead to this because when we, when we don't want to deal with something, we will find other loopholes to be able to go around it. So we'll find ourselves being intentionally and deliberately busy because we don't want to deal with our feelings. We look for other avenues to be able to mask. Oh, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Yes, you're blessed and highly favored, but you have angry issues that you need to deal with. With your blessed self. 
yeah, 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 yeah. You're blessed and highly favored, but don't nobody want to deal with your blessed and highly favored self. Because there are issues that we're looking for loopholes to be able to go around and not deal with the heart of the matter. Here it is. Having feelings is not the issue. It's not the problem. Issues arise when our feelings begin to control us. When our feelings begin to dictate how we respond, how we behave, how we act. When I'm overwhelmed, when I'm stressed out emotionally, when I'm stressed out mentally, and if I don't deal with that, I'm going to be short in my conversation with people. <laughs> when, 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 when I'm overwhelmed and I'm tapped out and I'm stressed, then I'm going to be very impatient with people. Long-suffering and, and, and jilting is what Galatians 5 talks about. will be long gone out the window. Because I'm overwhelmed. I'm lacking patience. I'm lacking sensitivity. I'm lacking long-suffering. And that's a sign that you and I have not dealt with what we, that we have not acknowledged nor dealt with what's going on in our hearts. David shows us that it is okay. Somebody say, it's okay. Look at your neighbor. Keep your mask on, but look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay for you to be able to acknowledge. You got to say that every man, we still in the pandemic, but we're doing the faith safe in Jesus' name. Amen. You have to tell yourself that it is okay for you to acknowledge. It is okay for you to ask yourself some questions. It's okay. Hallelujah. If you need to, yes, you can come and talk to the pastor, but if you have to go and get professional counseling, there's nothing wrong with that. It does not mean that you lack faith. It just makes you realize that, hey, I'm at a point where this is more that I can handle, that I'm seeking professional help. I love it. Because not only does David help us, I'm almost done, to realize that we have to acknowledge how we feel that when we're feeling overwhelmed. But then secondly, I like what David does. He keeps talking to God. Oh, yes, he does. He keeps talking to God. He keeps talking to God. He lets God know that, hey, 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 from the ends of the earth, I'm going to tap out. He said, from the ends of the earth, I'm going to cry out to you. In other words, saying, it does not matter how overwhelmed I get, how stressed I get, how overwhelmed I'm feeling, I'm going to keep talking to you all because the Bible tells us that when we don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit will make intercession on our behalf. You may get to a point where you're so tapped up that you don't even have the words to be able to say, but when you moan, when you yell, when you groan, Holy Spirit knows how to make intercession and interpret your feelings to your Heavenly Father in heaven, and then he will know how to be able to send you the help here on earth that you need to help you to be able to make it through. I don't care what you may be experiencing. I don't care what may be going on. You and I cannot afford not to stop talking to God. David keeps in, in continual and consistent communication with God. He does not allow trouble. He does not allow circumstance, his feelings, or anything else to stop him from talking to God. I know, oh, Pastor, I know this. I learned this when I was three years old in Sunday school, but we still have trouble in doing it. And to keep talking to God. 
the moment you stop talking, it's the moment you will continue to be overwhelmed. The moment you stop talking to God and getting him involved in your personal affairs, the more that you will stay in that position of being overwhelmed and being exhausted, which will lead to you being short-tempered, which will lead to you being impatient, which will lead to you having relationship issues. He says, from the end of the earth, I will cry out to you. Then here he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So we got to acknowledge, got to acknowledge how we feel. We got to keep talking to God, but then here it is, number three. We got to let God, let God lead you to him. Let God lead us to him. I love it. David says, when my heart is overwhelmed, he says, when the hub of where my emotions and my mind is, is just totally exhausted. David realizes, I'm so tired that I don't have enough strength, Mother Mutri, to be able to go to the rock on my own. He says, I'm so stressed, Minister Lynn, that I don't have enough strength to be able to go to the rock and walk to the rock myself, Elder. But he says, I need you even in, the, in my moments of weakness and vulnerability. I need you to lead me. And I like what he says. He doesn't say lead me to a rock. He says lead me to the rock, which signifies and let us know that there is only one rock that we have that we can be able to lean on. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know we're living in a world now where different folks got different names of what they want to call but his name is still God his name is still Jehovah he's not the big man upstairs he is not some higher being his name is Jesus the son of the living God the bright and morning star the lily of the valley the way maker the door opener the door downer he is the one that you and I need him to help us lead us to him when trouble comes, he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, God, I'm relinquishing control and I'm putting the keys in your hands and I'm getting out the driver's seat to the back seat so that you can be able to take me to the rock. Why does he say take me to the rock? Because he realizes and when he says rock, he's not talking about some little pebble on the street. Oh, that's such a cute rock. No, he's talking about a big boulder that has stability, that, 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 that that's able to handle the pressures that I'm on. I love it because he says lead me to the rock the rock has to be a place of safety the rock has to be a place of refuge the rock has to be strong enough to be able to handle me and my issues and David realizes I'm going to go to that rock and that rock is God and I like what he says he says look at this y'all he says lead me to a rock that's what higher than I. The rock is not just for refuge and protection. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The rock is a place where our perspectives are changed. Woo, I just said something right there. 
Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Pastor, make it plain, preacher. Make it plain. Paint the picture for us so we can see it. When I'm overwhelmed, I'm only able to see it from a certain perspective. But when I'm able to stand on something that's solid and stable, and not just solid and stable, Mama Rita, but something that can be able to take me up a few notches and bring me over it, it will change my whole outlook. Here it is. Sometimes what God wants us to do, he leads us to him, to the rock that is stable. Why? So that we can be able to climb on top of the rock and be able to gain a different perspective because once we're down here, we're only seeing things through our own wounded eyes and our hurt eyes and our overwhelmed eyes but if we can be able to go up a little bit higher God will change our perspective and cause us to see what you thought that was going to be for evil I'm going to turn this thing around and work it for your good what you thought was trying to hurt you I'm bringing you up a little bit higher so that you can see that through your issues that I'm going to receive the glory and the honor through it Many of us, what we need, we don't need, we don't, we don't need him to change our situation just yet. We need him to bring us up higher. <laughs> we need him to bring us up higher because we need our perspective to be able to change so that we can see how God is going to work through it all. Because once I'm able to see how God is going to work through it all, it helps me to be able to, it helps me to be able to endure just a little bit longer, Dr. Lane. It helps me to be able to hold on just a little bit longer when I realize that God has a plan. That God has a plan. In spite of what I'm feeling. He says, lead me to a rock that's higher than I. I'm looking at some people now and you ain't got to say nothing to me. That's exhausted. Mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, exhausted. And you've been leaning more on your strength than you have the rock. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of us have played the role of little God in our families. Everybody knows when trouble comes, call big brother, call big sister, call cousin, call mama. Call sister, call brother. Every family has that one person that's the glue that holds everything together. Something gets messed up, they run to that person because they, they can figure it out and they just dump it on you. And you didn't do it intentionally, but you have become many gods in your families. Instead of them running to God, to the rock to pray, they come to you because they want you to pray. And they remain to be spiritual midgets. Because we interfere in their spiritual growth, but not helping them to get to God, but becoming God for them. Yes, we're called to be intercessors. Yes, we're called to intercede. But we should never stand in the way of someone getting to God. 
You done given out. You done gave. You done. You done gave out your whole the the whole tax credit. You done gave out your whole uh, uh, everything. You done got child tax credit. Everything you done gave away. You just tap. God is saying to you today. Let me, I love it. Carrie and Kenny have sometimes they fall asleep on the couch. And I try to get them up. Say, come on, let's go get in the bed. Oh, I'm so tired. I just their legs just get limp all of a sudden. I'm just, I'm so tired. I can't do it, Daddy. I can't. And I don't feel like picking them up. I'm like, hey, just come on. You ain't got to walk that far. Just, I can't do it. My leg's about to come off. Dad, don't you see my leg's coming off? I'm like, your leg's not about to come off. They're so tired that they're not able to walk to their beds. And so the expectations, I'm going to cry out to Daddy, and Daddy will pick me up and take me and put me in bed. Some of us need to be like Carrie and Kenny and, and be honest and say, God, I am exhausted. And I need you to pick me up. I need you to carry me and take me to the rock. You don't have to be your savior's family, your family's savior. They already have one. His name is Jesus. He died for them so that you don't have to. And it's okay if you have to tell them, no, I can't loan you money this time because I loaned you money just last week. It's all right for you to say that. It is all right for you to protect the peace that you have and say, no, I can't deal with that right now. I got something else going on. If I can, I'll come back to it. If not, let me be a resource for you and show and tell you where you can go to get that help. You and I have to take responsibility of our mental and emotional health and make boundaries and, and lies. It's okay. You're not, you, you, you're not unsaved because you make boundaries and stuff. Just make sure you're doing it right and not being petty. But it's all right to have them. And it's all right for you to acknowledge and say, God, I'm tired and I need you to carry me. Let me pray this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the minds and the hearts of your people now that are overwhelmed. We don't know. I don't know exactly what it may be, but you know, God. You know. You know. You know. You know. You know. You know. You know, Father. And I pray that they will make an exchange with you that for the spirit of heaviness that you would give them the garment of praise. That they will acknowledge where they are and what's going on and seek and believe that you're able to give them the assistance to help God that they will know that you are the solid rock. when everything else is seeking sand.
Help us to not stop talking to you, but to keep talking, Father, and knowing what you have the power to be able to do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God said, amen, amen, and amen. Come on to clap those hands this morning.